Nut Nerd Podcast, Episode 128, Montage Collage. Welcome to the Nut Nerd Podcast. I'm Nate Heath, and we are here to help you tech better. We've got all kinds of news, tips, goodness, general goodness to share with you tonight. As always, I am joined by Mr. Dave Baylor. Yes, I am always here. Yes. We've always been together. We've never been apart. Yes. We did one remote one, but yeah. we were together in we spirit. We were together. And I was gone this weekend, but I made it back just in time yes. to record this. That's how much I love our audiences. I'm willing to drive halfway across the state yeah. to rush home to do a podcast. Yes. Now, have you watched the You Were Out in Central Oregon at the Washington Family Ranch? The infamous Washington Family Ranch, formerly known as Wild Horse Canyon Ranch, formerly known as... The Rajneeshi place. (laughs) But the Netflix documentary, what is it, Wild Country? I started watching it. Yeah, I watched like one or two episodes. Um, But because I was here... During that time when the Rajneeshi organization was functioning out there. So I have distant memories. I was pretty young. but uh, So it had some applicability to me. Yeah, Um, I went out there. It was great. I've been out there several times. It's always fun. I never really learned anything new about the place. The guy that's been there for 30 years is like, well... Yeah, I'm not going to tell you any Rajneeshi stories, but you know, here's what we do with the camp and blah, blah. It's like everybody's like, no, tell us the dirty details. But he never does. He never does. Yes, but now it is a Young Life-owned yeah. camp, and they do a lot of stuff out there for groups. and They use a few acres of the property out yeah. there of 100 square miles. Yeah. So think of a postage stamp <laughs> and bend down the corner of that. Yeah. That's how much <laughs> Yeah, if they don't that, use that. I mean, that property yeah. is. But it is out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. You go to Antelope and then drive an hour out to nothing. <laughs> and, and Antelope, they have one little ice cream store and that's in a uh, post office I maybe. I don't think it's still open anymore. Oh, but man. It's getting smaller. Yes. Well, yeah. there is not much technology out there in Central Oregon, no. but there is a lot of technology in this podcast. So let's get started. Some follow-up. We talked about the big craze in video games, Fortnite. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fortnite is this game that it was a computer game. Right. Uh, it is now on iOS. but it, It's still a computer game. It's just yes. a different computer. Well, that's true. Yeah. Uh, different platform operating systems, but hugely popular. Mm-hmm. You basically, 100 people online get dropped onto this huge island. You go around, you gather stuff, and you battle each other, and you do last man standing, or you have like four-man squads or whatever. But you, if you haven't heard about Fortnite, you're living under a rock because everybody's yeah. talking about it. I it's heard, the new Minecraft. Yes. I heard somebody, I was somewhere the other day, and some older lady was talking about it and i was trying to figure out who she was or she was like if oh. she was an older lady she's probably thinking that the two-week time period is called a fortnight <laughs> yes. so she's like well i took my medicine a fortnight, a fortnight ago <laughs> <laughs> yes uh but huge game so there's a story and i'm calling not news on this because i read through oh. it it was on fortune.com Oh, yes. And the headline, Fortnite addiction is becoming a problem for Major League Baseball. So the premise of the story is there is one baseball player, Price, (laughs) David Price. He is a Boston Red Sox pitcher. He has carpal tunnel and he plays Fortnite. So 
Coincidence? <laughs> I think not. Linkbait much? Um, so the funny thing is, as with many articles online, you get about six paragraphs in past you know all the pictures and everything, and you get the actual scientific information, which says... Uh, so it's talking about how much there's these other baseball players that play Fortnite. They carry an Xbox around with them to be yeah. able to play. Because, I mean, there's a lot of downtime traveling and stuff. Yes. And while Red Sox manager Alex Cora said he didn't believe that video gaming caused prices injury, the medical world is torn on the issue with researchers at the Mayo Clinic saying repetitive motions like button mashing can contribute to carpal tunnel. However, notes the National Institute for Health, often no single cause can be identified. So, Oh, oh geez. <laughs> so well, like, well, he wears Nike shoes, so could that yeah, be the cause? Exactly. Um, so this guy had to sit out a game uh, because he's had, had this carpal tunnel issue, which in baseball there's probably a lot of other things that would cause that. Yeah, like um, throwing a ball rapidly or catching. And, you know. Yeah, so the conclusion that they decided to write an article about whoever wrote this article, uh, Mr. John Patrick Poland, he was talking about how in many contracts, like professional sports contracts, they mm-hmm. have these things. There was a famous story uh, back in, I believe, in the 60s. Yeah, a guy got hurt skiing, and so they started writing into the contract. Hey, your mate, we're paying you millions of dollars a year. You can't go skiing all the time. You yeah. can't be doing this stuff. Or if you get hurt outside of the ball diamond, we're not. You're, yeah, we can fire you. We're not paying your medical and all that. Stuff. So they got all these stipulations. So this guy was proposing that maybe they'll have to start adding video game. But baseball players, they have a lot of downtime. They've got this hundred and five thousand game season that they play whatever <laughs> yeah. it is these days and so they're always traveling they're always they've got it's better than the alternative of what they can be out doing yeah. at night drinking and whoring <laughs> yeah. so i mean Fortnite. it's you got to be careful but i yeah. don't know it's kind of not news i think it's kind of not news but our next our next item is related is related news Fortnite. i didn't even know that it's coming to android this summer oh. one more example that Fortnite it, was not on android it was is, not on android sorry all you android people. yeah i uh, ios and then it's on windows and mac and, and linux then, i think and linux yeah. and the video gaming systems xbox playstation mm-hmm. but it's not an android so that's coming this summer uh, and they'll be able to play as well uh, have you been playing Fortnite recently i don't think i've touched it since the last time we spoke which i hadn't touched it for a couple weeks before that so no sadly occasionally i will play with my son on like a sunday afternoon i was gone this afternoon yeah uh, so just rarely, yeah. just rarely. I, I've been playing some, I at one point deleted it from my phone. Then I was playing that other PUBG one for a yeah. while, yeah. but then people keep talking about Fortnite. So I feel like I need to be a part of it. So it's like, I'll find myself. It's like, Oh, I just got to play a couple games. I actually, I won around. Nice. I saw your day. screenshot. Yeah. Nice. So that was pretty impressive. I, uh, I didn't got very lucky. I am <laughs> with any of these games. I used to play a lot of the call of duty games, these first person shooters. Yeah. I am the worst shot ever. I shoot at feet. If you could get bonus <laughs> points for shooting at people's feet. Yeah, it's hard. I would win. Those guns everything. are heavy. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you mentioned it here because I didn't give you a lot of kudos for the screenshot. So I know that's why you feel compelled to share it with everyone. Yes. I'll congratulate you more next time. Um, I will probably start playing this game when they support MFI controllers because uh, I don't like to play on the on phone. On the phone screen. Yeah. So that's just me. Yes. One other piece of follow-up, we talked about the Google Duplex. 
Well, um, hi, can I get a haircut? <laughs> yes. Perfect. Uh, and we won't get back into the speech patterns. Yeah, we don't want to talk about upspeak. <laughs> yes. Um, but there is, I mean, within the matter of what's it been a week and a half now, there is a ton of people that are have, obviously, as we all do, questions about, so did you edit this at all? Yeah. Like, what did you tell the restaurants beforehand? Like, what's going on here? So all these, there's all these duplex truthers out there trying to investigate. <laughs> and John Gruber during Fireball that we talk about a lot. Yeah. He put it out to his Twitter users. <laughs> there was like one small picture at the bottom of an article saying it was like two Google executives eating after making an appointment with Google duplex. Well, some got one of his Twitter followers found a reflection of the restaurant across the street in a window, like in a picture. So they tracked down where this restaurant was and like somebody called up to ask, you know, did they do this? And they like hand them the person who answered the phone, handed it off to somebody else. And they were like, Oh no, no, they totally told us about this and they didn't set anything up, but it was like really weird. So Google is trying to get away from this because they, this was not all as it seems. Mm -hmm. And it's what they base their whole like sensationalism about their developer conference around this. And like, there was a lot of questions because in the two examples, when they call it just says, hello, can I help you? And somebody did some website did a test where they called like 20 different restaurants in that area. And every single time when somebody answers, they say, Hey, this is such and such restaurant. Can I help you? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, so much of it doesn't match up. Yeah. So it's Google kind of got caught. Uh, well, this is some like JFK level. Oh, totally. <laughs> looking at the reflections and it's like the angle of the light. So what time of day was it? Here's the longitude and latitude. Yeah. Don't mess with the internet. Uh, no. They will get People you. People are very capable. Uh, so yeah, the Google duplex, while it was a fascinating story, it is not all it's cracked up to be. But you know what? Every week is all that it's cracked up to be Dave's pro tip of the week. That is potentially one of the sloppiest segues you've ever had into Dave's pro tip of the week. But this week I would love to talk about something and this is something that affects everyone. It affects my mom who is trying to have more cloud storage for her photos. It affects uh, you, Nate, who is deleting files off your computer. You're like, where, what? I don't even know where this came from. Yes. So what is an easy way for us Mac users, at least, to dig in and find these things? There are multiple tools that you can buy. Some are for pay. Some are download. You can get them from the Mac App Store. You can get them from third parties. A variety of things. But wouldn't it be great if you could just have a tool on your Mac that does everything you need it to do? That would be. Well, you guys are in for a treat. Because there is a program on your Macintosh today, if you're running a modern version of the operating system, called Storage Management. Now, there are a few ways to get to Storage Management. You could go to your hard drive, go into the Systems folder, go into Library, get into Core Services, (laughs) open up the applications, and then open the Storage Management application. That sounds like a horrible way of doing it. So that's one way. Uh, You could hit the Command Space that we talked about to bring up Spotlight. Um, and then type in storage, and then it should populate with storage management, and then you hit return. But those things are hard to remember or to do. So you can simply go to the Apple menu item in the upper left corner of your Mac, go to the About This Mac menu item, and then you're going to be greeted with this wonderful window. And the third tab over at the top of this window is an item called storage. When you click there, it shows 
how much storage is left on your computer kind of in a colorful graph. Hmm. Uh, mine, for example, shows I have 66 gigs of documents, 65 gigs of music creation because that's – because I'm cool. Yes. 42 gigs of system files, and then uh, another 28 gigs of apps. And then I've got about 30 gigs of open storage on my 256 gigabyte hard drive. If I click the button next to that area, it says manage dot, dot, dot. Yes, it does. Boom. An application opens. This is the wonderful application, and it's called storage management. Hmm. Well, what can you do here? Well, at the very top of the left side menu, Apple will recommend some things that you can do. Uh, my top menu item is store in cloud. Store all your files in iCloud Drive to save space on your computer. So it dumps everything to the cloud and then deletes them off your computer. But you can still get the access to them if you have the internet. You yeah. just click on them and it downloads. Uh, you can optimize storage. This one says save space by automatically removing iTunes movies and TV shows that you've already watched. Well, why wouldn't you want to do that? Uh, and then, of course, you can empty trash automatically. Mine says save space by automatically erasing items that have been in trash for more than 30 days. So you don't have to worry about it. It's just deletes them. That is a great one. I uh, run into a lot of people that need to turn that on immediately because they delete things and completely forget that that exists. And then they have a lot of stuff in there and they run out of space on their computer. Yeah, that's a good one. And the last item there is reduce clutter. If you click the little button that says review files, it will open up. Um, that's one way to get to it. Also on the side panel, it shows your applications, documents, yeah. books, all these things. But anyway, when you click that button, it goes right to your documents uh, that are on your computer and you can sort this list of documents by file size, that's the default sorting size. And like my largest document on this computer is a zip file of an iOS archive that I have of old iOS apps, and it's sitting around 1.73 gigabytes. I want to keep it around, so I'm not going to delete it. But I've got a bunch of logic files that have been uploaded and saved. Do I really need them on my computer? There's probably 20 gigabytes of stuff there. Yeah. Uh, but what I love about it on the left-hand side is it breaks out your applications. As I mentioned, your iBooks, which I have zero of. Uh, the information that's in your iCloud Drive, um, iOS files, iTunes documents. It sorts all these things out for you, and it'll show you in a list so that you can easily highlight the ones that you don't want and delete them. So... You didn't have to pay anything. You didn't have to buy a third-party app. No. Nothing. Built in. Apple does it for you, and they give you a few of those recommended options that can help you to save space immediately. And I'm always looking for space on my computer, and the iBooks in that list, I have uh, seven items in the iBooks. Mm -hmm. Six of those were all downloaded at 6.30 p.m. on April 23rd, 2014. Yep. Uh, Mavericks 101, <laughs> which is the Apple operating system from, from 2014. Yeah. Um, iPad at work, which is iPad user guide for iOS 7.1, which is We're on, four versions ago yeah. of iOS. Yeah. So I can probably clean those off yeah, of my I found, iBooks and get 300 megabytes of storage back. Yep. I found several iBooks as well that I've downloaded in the past that I don't need anymore. So, uh, your mileage may vary at home, but for me, I was able to save. I, I discovered a few files that I'm like, what is this? And I'm like, I don't need this. And I immediately was able to s reclaim all kinds of space. So with cool. with no uh, investment and no work, you've got a built-in tool that's ready to help you tech better. 
I like it. Thank you very much. Let's move on to some takes, the stories, the stuff we found this week. Uh, there is a company called Jiobit. Yeah. I, J-I-O-B-I-T. And this Jiobit? Jiobit. This uh, is a child tracker, a <laughs> child location tracker. Now, we've talked about some of these devices in the past. Uh, you know, if you have kids that are run around that don't necessarily have phones yet, um, but you would like to be able to track them. We did talk about that before. Yes. Uh, the co-founder and CEO, John Rinaldi, uh, had a firsthand terror, he says, of losing <laughs> track of his then six-year-old at a local park. Uh, he was a VP at Motorola and they were at a family trip in downtown Chicago. All of a sudden they look up after a split second, kids are fast and realize they couldn't find the kid while mm-hmm. he started developing this project. And it's different because a lot of them have been kind of like these clunky watch interfaces, mm-hmm. you know, where you have this big old GPS thing. This one, it's kind of modular so you can put it into the kid's shoe. You can clip it on a backpack. You have a lot of function. So it's not o- only to track kids. Yeah. But for $99, you get the device plus a year's worth of uh, the service. You know, it uses a little bit of cell service. Mm-hmm. Um, but it uses Bluetooth when in range. And then when it's outside of that, it uses GPS. So you get some different levels of functionality. I was going to ask you how this differs from a uh, tracker or a. Like a tile or a tile, yeah. But those don't have cellular; they're Bluetooth only. Yes. And when somebody walks by them, it it can alert you. But this sounds like it jumps on the cellular network whenever it's away from your phone. Yes, yeah. So the annual commitment plan it's ninety nine ninety nine. Uh, they're actually coming out this May. It says estimated delivery. Um, but yeah, it's just a great, and you can do like geofencing, so you could say. Okay, he can be on our block, but mm-hmm. then if he leaves the block, you would get a notification. Yeah, that kind of thing. And so, if you have kids that are running like <laughs> crazy and don't have phones yet and need to keep track of where they are, uh, give this a look. I'll have a link in the show notes, and you can go check it out. And I'm just thinking, when my kids were younger, I was like, this would be really useful because I could watch, and if if they were missing and it appeared like they were taken. I could look at the neighborhood and be like, well, it looks like a pretty nice neighborhood. I think I think they're going to be gonna happy. Be better off. They're going to be happy yeah. there. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and another thing on this, just to mention, is that he looked at a lot of the other products and they just were not secure. Mm-hmm. So they put a, he put a lot of emphasis. They put a lot of emphasis on security on this because well, good for him. if you have a child tracking device, that's one thing you want to be mindful of is the security and who's going to be able to get at that information. Right. Uh, speaking of security, Facebook, one of our big topics, they've been all over the place. I saw an article, I don't have it uh, here, that their uh, usage is actually up after the whole Cambridge oh, Analytica I'm sure. thing. I'm sure. Um, it, they have not, you know, it's not going to close down anytime soon. But they closed, I cannot even believe this number, 583 million fake accounts in the first quarter of 2018. Well, 583 that, million. I mean, th- what are we at? Six billion in the world. So this is like 10% of the world's population. <laughs> they deleted in just fake accounts off Facebook. Wow. So these are people that are setting up accounts for, you know, either nefarious purposes or just whatever spammy well, type stuff. I know more than one person who has more than one count because they are, are shall I say, incompetent. 
It has nothing to yeah, do with yeah. being spammy. They just have more. They have multiple accounts because they don't know any better. So I wonder, did it get rid of those as well? Might some of those if they're yeah. cleaning up old stuff uh, if they haven't been logged in for a long time? Yeah. Um, well, good. yeah, because I I know some people like that too, and like both of them will pop up on their birthday. So here's the numbers <laughs> for the first quarter of 2018. They got rid of 837 million spam posts. Yeah. 583 million fake accounts. There was 21 million instances of adult nudity and sexual activity, 3.4 million graphic violence, 2.5 million hate speech, and 1.9 million uh, of terrorist propaganda. So say what you will about Facebook. They definitely uh, did some cleanup on stuff, and they're, they're increasing their... Overwatch on a lot of this stuff too, mm-hmm. which hopefully doesn't go t- too far the other direction in the pendulum swing where you aren't able to post anything. It's interesting that they called out specifically adult nudity. Is children nudity okay? <laughs> I do not believe it would be. <laughs> hopefully that was a much smaller number that would not fit anywhere on this graph. Maybe seniors nudity was okay. <laughs> yes. Well, yes. <laughs> yes. uh, no, they do change their policies around some here and there. Uh, but yeah, so <laughs> that is a ton of activity. So yeah, it's good. good. It's actually more than the 583 million is more almost like double of active users on Twitter. Yeah. And most Twitter accounts are fake ones anyways, well, too. And all we have is Facebook's word on this. There's no way to verify no, it. That's so. true. We'll see. They could be lying. Another security story. This was an interesting take I wanted to bring up because it gives you a different perspective. Uh, Brian Krebs, we've talked about him. He's a big-time security researcher. Mm-hmm. Krebs um, on security. Yeah, one of the big respected guys. So last, I think it was last year, maybe the year before, he had a massive, a monster distributed denial of service attack where all these, you hear about these Internet of Things devices that run these botnet type things. Yeah. They were all attacking, attacking his website with like insane amounts of traffic. Yeah. Shut down his website, shut down... You know, the servers, the hosting company, everything. Um, well, he did some math on how much that costs the people that own these Internet of Things devices. Okay. So it cost him, you know, a bunch trying to get everything. Actually, he got him some good press in the end. Sure. But it cost him a lot of downtime. But he estimates that $323,000 were wasted by people who own these devices. So let's say you have a smart light bulb at home. Right. And it is a very simple computer in it because all it usually needs to do is turn on or turn off when the command's given. Right. Well, with this when this malicious software gets installed on it, which then attacks his web server, well, it's going to be pro- pushing that processor at the top that it can. So it's going to be on and it's going to be using electricity. Maybe the light's not even on. Not even on, but it's but doing the processor itself pushing. So like a router would be a better example. There was a lot of like Wi-Fi routers that had these issues and they have more of a processor. Yeah. So you get a lot more electricity. It's a lot more wear and tear on your device. Uh, so it's very interesting to think of it that side, the cost, uh, mm-hmm. even the environmental cost right. of this attack on his website and these millions of devices that are unsecure and running uh, this software on it that they should not be. But, uh, yeah, pretty crazy. You can read through the article and get some more of the details. I know it's kind of detailed 
techie stuff. But but, it, but it's interesting because many of us own these smart devices, and the thought that they could be taken over by nefarious rogue people, activities, rogue rogue nations, rogue yes. agents. Yeah. Uh, that's terrifying. It is. Well, just as terrifying. You got a letter in the in the physical mailbox. I did this week, I, not even an email, and it was from a little company called TaskRabbit. Yeah, so there's TaskRabbit is a service I signed up for. It had to have been over two years ago. I got this thing out of the mail. I'm like, what is this thing from TaskRabbit? I, I know what it is, but yeah. I'm like, why am I getting it? And I was like, oh, I must have an account with them because uh, I signed up to try them out or whatever. They apparently had a, a data breach. This is a notice of a data breach. And I'll just read a portion, but it's like, this letter is a follow-up to an email communications. I think I deleted it. I don't. I didn't see it. Uh, from TaskRabbit alerting users regarding a cybersecurity incident that may have involved your personal information. But the takeaway on this is when you put your information out and you sign up for all these accounts, and you and I sign up for a million of oh, them. Oh, yeah. People, please do not use the same password on all services because the very last paragraph of this document, Nate and I talk about all the time. It says, TaskRabbit reset all username and passwords as of April 19, 2018. Well, thank you. Thank you. But it says, if you use the same password on other websites or apps as you did for TaskRabbit, we recommend you change these passwords and monitor your accounts of suspicious activity. And I think they are going to give me something from a, a credit bureau, uh, Experian, the largest credit bureau good, good. for whatever. But it's like I don't worry about this stuff too much because every one of my online password – well, not everyone – are all different yes. in some way. They're similar, you know, whatever. I, I've said before I use a kind of an algorithm to generate my passwords, which could, could be broken yeah. and hacked. But I can confidently say that whatever I used on this website has not been used on any other website. Yeah. So it's been reset. I'm not going to go through the trouble of resetting it everywhere. But if you at home had the same problem and you use my dog is Skippy uh, on every every you know, web your service, banking, your Netflix, your Facebook, yeah. your everything, you got to go through and change all twelve hundred of those because yeah. they're all the same. So yes. to, this is just a, a cautionary tale. Yep. Go get LastPass. Do the I've started doing the automatically generated. Oh, the hardcore ones. Passwords where it's twelve digits, it makes absolute. I'm not there no yet, but I will get there because I don't ever have to type them in. I can just use LastPass, and if the one time a year that I actually am somewhere weird, you don't have, have your phone with in, you yeah. or something. But man, yep, the stuff like we say. I mean, we have a story almost every episode about another breach. And so eventually it's going to catch up with you if you've been using the same password. So yeah. that is a public service that we do for you, reminding you to use unique, strong passwords. Well, it's time for some good news. Mm-hmm. I don't do a lot of shopping at Whole Foods, but I am an Amazon Prime member. I do shop at Whole Foods. Sorry. No more Upspeak, the Upspeak podcast. Uh, so Amazon has announced they're cutting Whole Foods prices for Prime members. So as we remember, Amazon spent a bunch of money to buy Whole Foods. There's a bunch of speculation of why they do that. But now they are giving 10% off hundreds of sale items and rotating weekly specials, such as $10 per pound off wild-caught halibut steaks. 
That what do those like things cost good. to begin with? <laughs> Must be a lot. I did see for Mother's Day they had like a you could get a dozen tulips at Whole Foods for like ten bucks if you're a Prime member. It's like seventeen bucks if you weren't. Mm. There are some advantages, and as Whole Foods gets cheaper, they have this article even references the whole paycheck yeah. uh, moniker that they have earned. I wonder how many Whole Foods patrons are going to start seeing these prices slashed and start doing the math. I was really overpaying for these items. If Amazon can sell them for this price, it means they were way overpriced. Yeah, that is a good point. Uh, but yeah, as, as Amazon is able to, I mean, part of it, Amazon with their infrastructure and their logistics mm-hmm. should be able to help Whole Foods. It should be a mutually beneficial partnership. Yeah, I hope so. Um, and bring down prices, which groceries, shipping, all this stuff, there's getting to be quite a bit of competition. Mm-hmm. I've seen some advertising, Walmart's doing their two-day free shipping, and you don't even need yeah. to have a membership uh, account. They to just anything. Do it. They just do it. And I heard that like grocery stores aren't going away anytime soon yeah i think so. people i think we're going to keep eating um, but i heard some stuff that target uh they're doing a bunch of competitive stuff with their credit card uh now to give people discounts because target's kind of getting left behind yeah. with amazon and walmart well uh, really taking over on a lot of this i stuff. would shop more at walmart if they took apple pay but target know. does so oh, there, there you, you go. go yeah that's what you need to know we talked last week about Microsoft's developer conference. And yeah. what did I say? It was boring. boring. Nobody needs to know anything. Well, they wait till the week after the developer conference to actually announce some mildly amusing stuff. <laughs> so they have a bunch. Microsoft has a bunch of hardware devices now, and they call it the Surface line. There's the small tablet laptop computers. Right. There's the large Surface Studio, which is like an iMac with a touch screen. But it tilts down so it can be used like a drafting table. Yes, with horrible specs compared to any other but modern computer. I want it regardless. Big, beautiful screen. And another product they had was the Surface Hub, which was basically a TV slash whiteboard yeah. combo type thing. It's like a flat panel TV. You roll into a conference room and it has some smart technology. You can draw on it. Yeah. And various things. And it was like eight grand. Yeah. Some other people have similar devices. Google has one now. In Focus, they make one that's similar. So they're not the only ones doing this, but they have announced the Surface Hub too. Now, the not news part of this, they announced it this week. It's going to come out sometime in 2019. The idea is that for enterprise, you have to budget these kind of things out. If you were saying, right. hey, you know, we're Intel, we're going to buy a thousand of these devices, who should we buy? Oh, well, Microsoft has this new one coming out. Right. Um, but it's got a lot of functionality. You can do, you can like pair four of them together. It's got fingerprints. So anybody that's part of the, you know, Microsoft domain at the company could come right. in with their fingerprint if it's set up oh, wow. and log into it to have their experience. That's probably not secure. Yes. <laughs> so uh, it's interesting. If you're in the market for one of these, uh, check out the Surface Hub 2. The rest of us uh, will probably never see one of these if they actually do come out. Yeah. So what was the new price on the number two? Uh, I don't think they even announced the new price. Uh, so I mean, hopefully... The, the discussion I heard on it on the Windows Weekly podcast I listened to. Yeah, that you're probably not recommending. But. <laughs> yes, I am not recommending it. Stick with Not Nerd. Um, but they were saying that the price has got to come down if they want to stay competitive in this and really 
if they're really looking to make a move in this market that they need to bring the price down and add a lot of these features. Um, and it looks like Microsoft sold a whopping 5,000 of the Surface yes. One. I don't know if you mentioned that or not. I did not. No. Yeah. So, well, and they, yeah, I've also heard on that same podcast, they've discussed how like people couldn't really get their hands on them. It's like yeah. you'd order or like there was no place to really order them so mm-hmm. uh interesting microsoft is which, they innovate they are an innovative yes, company they innovate and which brought out a bunch of the well apple doesn't do anything look at microsoft they're coming out with all kinds of great stuff well and you sell five thousand of a device <laughs> yeah. that does not count it's not a great investment and apple sent 10 well let's put it this way that products that apple decide to spend money and effort on developing usually go a long way like yes. ipod iphone imac right whereas microsoft tends to throw things at the wall and see what sticks and it's like well that didn't stick let's try something else and meanwhile billions of dollars are wasted on research and development yes but enough about microsoft let's talk about microsoft oh yeah <laughs> another story out of microsoft this week on the uh xbox the gaming side they yeah. have created uh, i believe it was national accessibility week or something right. like that um they created this new accessible adaptive controller um to include you know people with disabilities or handicaps that uh, don't allow them to use a standard controller. Um, it looks kind of like a, a drum machine or something. It's got a bunch of dig. Yeah, it looks like there's a bunch of different peripherals that you can get, some buttons yeah. and some pads and different things. There's It's kind of modular. Modular. So if you you know could hold something in your lap, if you could use one hand. Or there's like a joystick that kind of looks like a nunchuck from the Wii. Yeah, or a button if you, you know, maybe you could use your foot, not your arm. So I... I really like to see this kind of stuff. Apple um, puts a huge uh, focus on accessibility type factors. And I think for somebody, especially in the video game, people love video yeah. games, to do something like this where you have this adaptive controller. Um, hopefully we continue to see more of this industry-wide uh, to make technology that is accessible by everyone. Yeah, these guys here in the picture that are using this stuff could probably kill me at Fortnite. Yes, they are probably Fortnite pros, and that guy has a pretty sweet Game Boy watch. That watch, I wasn't going to mention it, but I'm glad you did. That is very That sweet. is worth looking at our show notes and <laughs> clicking the link just to go see the guy's Game Boy watch. It's really cool. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Uh, one more story. Google. We had to get our. We got Facebook. We got Apple mentioned. We got Amazon, Microsoft. Might as well do Google. Um, their paid storage plans for the Google Cloud. Yeah. Which we've talked about several times. It's a great way to store stuff. I pay for a personal uh, Google storage plan, and you use mm-hmm. it through work and yeah, personal. And, and I pay personal for extra. Uh, they're changing up the pricing some. They're going to make some of the pricing plans cheaper. I saw a yeah. huge comparison comparing all the different services uh, between you know Apple, Google Storage, Amazon's, Facebook's. Google One, they're changing the name of it from Google Drive paid storage Are plans you kidding me One. again? They yeah. just changed Google Drive to Backup and Sync, and then they... For, I think the software is still Backup and Sync. Uh, it is, but then... For enterprise, it's a fo- uh, file stream, and now they're like, "Why?" Google or this article from The Verge says perhaps in part because you'll now have one top 
tap access to Google's live customer service, which is actually pretty huge to actually get customer service from Google. I don't think they've ever offered that before. Yeah, it is. If you want to try to get a hold of, well, with the G Suite, they have some support. Here's the caveat: it's one guy, (laughs) and so for the entire world, get in line. Um, But yeah, so Google with your, like we say, just about every week as well. If you aren't using Gmail. Uh, you probably should be for your personal email. And they give you somewhere around 15 gigs free storage with your account, Yeah, uh, which is great for email. You can do the free photo storage. But if you start saving files in there, uh, files just add up quickly. So now you can get um, – they have a two ninety nine a month option for 200 gigs, mm-hmm. which I – think is this about the same as Apple. Um, and they have a two terabyte plan. It's exactly the same. Which as will now cost $10 a month, which that's twice the storage of what you get for $10 from Apple. Mm-hmm. Uh, and two terabytes, that's a good chunk of storage. Um, yeah, great. Yeah. they Apparently, they have 10, 20, or 30 terabyte storage as well. I don't know how you could store that much. Well, I do, but... <laughs> For the average video person. is, a major. Uh, but yeah, buck ninety nine a month for a hundred gigabytes, and I think I don't know what I pay right now. It's like twenty bucks a year for a um, hundred gigabytes, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's pretty reasonable, and if you're in the Google ecosystem, especially if you're doing Android uh, for backups, that kind of stuff. And a lot of people may say, "Well, I'm not going to. Why am I? I don't even know where this stuff goes. Why am I paying this?" It's like, well, you can either do it this way, where there's automatic cloud backups or you can go buy a crusty old hard drive and yeah. manually backup stuff honestly are you really going to do that it's better to just have this as part of your computer and then you throw the stuff in the bucket and it automatically gets uploaded and yeah come yeah. talk to us if you have storage questions but. exactly yeah and i i cannot tell you once i'm finally able to convince people on their on their iphones when it says mm-hmm. you're out of cloud storage and i'm like Pay the ninety nine cents a month for storage, and then I'll see them again. They're like, "Why didn't I do that earlier?" Yeah. Having that peace of mind, or I lost my phone and I had everything, and it's like, just this is how current this is. Tonight, I talked to my mom. She's been wanting me to call her for a couple of days uh, about this particular problem. She says, "I keep getting this pop up that says storage," and so we went through the process. Is it your local storage? Yes. Is it? She had plenty of local storage. And we went through and looked, and she actually was only using about 60% of her online storage, but that's when Apple starts bugging you about it. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have her sign up right there and then for the extra storage, but I pre- I prepped her the whole time. I said, this is probably going to be $1 a month. for twelve. That's $12 a year. I said, it's worth it. It's all backed up. It's, yeah. it's, it's, and she was convinced. But when we looked at it, she says, oh, I've got like 2.6 of 5 gigs. I'm like, well, that's... I don't think you need to buy storage for that. You've got a lot of room there. From my experience, I'm wondering it's because it is unable to back up her phone. There's not enough free space. And Mm. so it's saying, I don't have enough storage to back up the phone. So there's plenty of free space, but it can't do like, and there can be old backups in there. But it's still uploading all her photos and everything to the service. It's just not doing backups. Backups. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, you know what else we'll see? Our picks of the week. I used this application the other day, and I had a very specific need. And this doesn't come along very often. But you know how on Facebook you can post multiple pictures? Like they're separate photos, and you post them all at once, and they kind of get grouped together, and people can like the group. 
or they can like the individual photos. And it's just like, what, what are, what am I liking here? Yes. The photo or the group of photos? It's all very confusing. So you might want to do like a layout that has, what do we call these things? Montage. A montage or there's got to be another word that's better. <laughs> what is the word for that? A multi-photo layout of. A montage. Yeah. So you might want to do a montage of photos where there's more than one photo in the photo. Yes. It's like inception of photos. You can pay for these things. And I've there are a couple that I've got in the past. They're like, oh, it's, there's stupid ads. And it's like, oh, you can download different layout uh, configurations and et cetera. I, I don't want to mess with any of that yeah. garbage. So you can go on either iOS or Android and download layout from Instagram. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is an Instagram product that actually came out before Facebook bought them, I believe. And so it's an Instagram property, which is a subsidiary of Facebook. And it's a great app. You you can choose from various layouts. It looks at the camera roll on your devices. Collage. Collage is what we were thinking of Montage earlier. Montage collage. Yeah. So that's what it is. To make a photo collage, it's free. You download it, iOS, Android. It works as good as any that I have seen. And then you export your your collage out as one photo that goes to your photo roll that you can then share on Instagram or you can share it on Facebook automatically with the included buttons or you can save it to your camera roll and upload it directly or yeah. well, you got options. Nice. Yeah. So layout from Instagram. It just makes sense. Sometimes it's a lot better to put a few pictures into one picture. Yeah. Well, my pick of the week is a little bit odd this week. And I haven't looked at it yet. Is this a thing for Oh, yes. I will ask. Okay. I, I will looked. ask. Good. I, I I'm see glad. A, I, I, I see masked a, the link. I see a strange link that's <laughs> yes. very truncated. Very truncated. Uh, it is found at Amazon. And I didn't mention it earlier, but we are affiliates of Amazon. Mm-hmm. And so if you need to shop on Amazon, go to amazon.notnerd.com or use the links on our website. It gives us a little kickback. Right. Helps keep not nerd going. My pick this week is a little bit odd, but I do think it helps you tech better. Hmm, okay. What is something that in the mornings a lot of people need in their lives to get going for work? They need a spouse to wake them up and to get them going, to make them coffee. Coffee. Oh, okay. Yeah, if you just kept talking through I, your day, eventually I, you'd find what I was, I was thinking. An for. alarm clock is probably oh, what you're going to. No, no, man, I I hit it without even trying. I, coffee. People need coffee. People need coffee. Now, the technology side, I would discuss my Keurig coffee maker. I don't know if I went into my drama where my old one we had gotten for free got a new one. <laughs> I'm off the Keurig. I've got a new solution. Oh, and I want to hear this. It's super trendy. Here's why I want to hear this because. You may have an old Keurig you want to get rid of. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. The wife still uses it for tea, so Uh, I haven't quite got away from that yet. But what's all the rage in coffee these days? Cold brew. Oh, yeah. I've heard of this. And I drink my coffee cold year-round. So what I used to do with my Keurig was make my coffee the night before, hot, put it in the fridge, and then it'd be cold in the morning. (laughs) And And I'm not sure that's even like the cold brew. You're just... You're just drinking cold coffee. Yes. You're not brewing it cold. No. Okay. But now 
I am cold. I am a professional cold brewer. <laughs> and you're you've, you're not doing some bastardized version of no. cold brew. This is the real deal, huh? So tell me about it. Thank you to my sister and brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. They had purchased this because we shared a love for iced coffees. Yeah. They purchased the Today Cold Brew Iced Coffee Maker. Now, I, the name is not real good. It's made by Primula. Now, this one I like because it's 2.25 quarts. Okay. So that's giving you a lot. So you can make it. It takes about 24 hours. Yeah, but how say. many ounces is that? So no. it's like 50-some ounces. <laughs> I don't care. I just, <laughs> it's I just, a lot. It gives me about three days' worth of coffee. Yeah. So then you're not having to do it every single day. But super simple. You unscrew the top. There's okay. like a center console a, of this like pitcher. a column yes and this tall pitcher you put your gr- coffee grounds in there you put some water in, kind of let those soak and then you just fill up the pitcher with water put it in the fridge it seals up overnight and then it brews yeah and then you take the center core out and you've got a pitcher of cold brew coffee and it is delicious so there's no electronics simple. no electronics no technology i'm going anti-technology this week wow but like i said Coffee does help people tech better. It does. Helps get the brain fire, the brain technology going. If I were making one of these, I would call it the Luddite coffee brewer. Yes. It's yeah, there's probably some keto or some uh <laughs> caveman yeah. tie-ins with this stuff. Now there's a bunch of different ones uh on Amazon anywhere you go. This one I do like because it is one of the larger capacity ones. It's a pretty uh skinny pitcher so okay. it's taller mm-hmm. um so it's yeah but it holds a lot of coffee there's a lot of smaller like super fancy you know like science lab looking with rubber stoppers and <laughs> all kinds of like 20 different pieces that you just pay you know you're, an extra 20 dollars you're not piece. flying to the moon with the thing no you're not you're just making like there's a some other good ones that like a 32 ounce one quart one um so mine's actually more than 60 ounces yeah i was gonna say it sounds like 64 ounces to me, but i didn't do the math yes so you get this pitcher it's got the the dishwasher safe metal uh filter in the side to keep the coffee grounds in oh, while it's, it's not brewing. plastic it's metal and huh? then there's mm. plastic around that nice made pitcher nice handle on it screws down mm. tight really great little system dave what would you pay for the today cold brew iced coffee maker. Hmm. What do you think? What about you over there? Do you have a no? No. I'm pretending like I'm on a game show or yes. something like that. Uh, I'm phone gonna, a friend. <laughs> yeah. Can I phone a friend? Well, this is out of left field. I'm going to go with this thing costs 19.99. You are way off, Dave. I would never pay that much. <laughs> Because it's only $19.80. Well, geez. That might be the closest you've ever been, a little. (laughs) Yes, thank you. Thank you. Not a round of applause because they'll start knocking microphones over. But 20 bucks to get this thing. No electricity. All you need is coffee grounds. I actually have a friend that worked at Starbucks. He got me some nice coffee. But I'm not picky on my coffee. I just need caffeine. and. Are just refrigerating your hot <laughs> brew coffee. Yes, exactly. You clearly do not uh, really it care. It is a vehicle for caffeine. I do yeah. enjoy the flavor, but I'm not a. I don't know enough about coffee to be picky. Well, here's what we'll do. I'll make some coffee sometime. I'll drink half of the cup and just leave the rest on the counter, and you can have the cold brew. 
perfect. Uh, so we're both That's, happy. I get the hot, I, you get the cold. A little confession. When we were all down in California, I thought vacation. you were going to say I've been drinking your leftover <laughs> yeah. coffee off your desk. No. I walk around the offices where I'm doing IT work and just pick up cold oh, coffee. It's delicious. When I was in California, I there was a little coffee maker in the room. Yeah. I brewed a pot of coffee and threw it in the fridge, and that's what I drank all week for cold coffee. Wow! But now I'm doing the the cold brew. They say it tastes better. It's a little better flavoring. Yeah, I think the brewing um, process highly dictates how it's going to taste. Yes. So, so I have a, I have a clarifying question yes. and then we can end the show. Can you take cold brewed coffee and warm it up? I would have to think you can. I don't, don't know what Don't microwave it cuz microwave yeah, coffee tastes like it, yeah. terrible. So you, yeah, you could <laughs> like in a kettle or you could in a cold brew saucepan. Like, yeah. Put it in a saucepan and put <laughs> it on a low and get it. I'm sure there is somebody that does cold brew, and they think that that is the only way to drink coffee is to cold brew and then like heat it over a log fire. Yeah, I think what you do is make condensed cold brew and then just add it to hot water. Ah, there so, you go. There you go. There you go. Well, uh, that was not technology, but hopefully, <laughs> I th- the portion of people that drink coffee and yeah. especially with summer coming up, the cold brew. A lot of people like the cold coffee in the summer. Check it out. You can't beat the price. Uh, Hopefully, besides that, we gave you some great technology Mm -hmm. news, information, some tips. That's our goal. Help you tech better. We all have to use technology every day, uh, no matter how much we try to escape it, Todd. uh, (laughs) We all use technology and so we we use a lot of technology. So we, everyone has to use technology. We might as well use it better. Yeah. Might as well use it better, more efficiently, know a little bit more about how things mm-hmm. work, what's going on in the world of technology so you can make good decisions. We're always willing to answer questions about technology. If you have a question on something to buy, mm-hmm. uh, something that you're looking at, something that's not working right – Talk to us because there's a good chance we've dealt with it in our uh, lives and careers in the technology realm. With that, I am going to say goodbye. Now get out there and tech better. (laughs) What if we did the whole podcast whispering? Would anybody even know? (laughs) If two podcasters whisper in the woods, (laughs) does anybody hear it? Hmm. Does it make any noise? 